Welcome to the CEO.Digital Show. My name's Craig McCartney. And I'm Darcy Thompson-Fields. And this is an open exploration of technologies and trends straight from the C-suite. You'll hear insights that will help you better deliver results for your company and its stakeholders now and in the future. You can find out more and stay up to date at CEO.Digital. Today's guest is Aparna Rayasam, President and General Manager of Application Security at Akamai Technologies. Not only is Aparna one of the world's leading players in software engineering and security expertise, but she's also paved the way as a recognised leader for all women in tech with her foundational career. With over 24 years' experience, it's safe to say Aparna has earned a successful track record of delivering hyper-growth results to some of the most challenging technical problems the industry has seen, cementing her in her current role of Senior VP of Application Security at Akamai. I think that's enough from me, so without further ado, let's speak to Aparna herself. Aparna, welcome to the CEO.Digital show. Darcy, thank you so much for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure, Aparna. Uh, as we detailed, you have over 24 years experience in the industry, and I know you've come from quite an interesting path. So could you kind of detail to our listeners what your journey has been so far and some kind of career highlights on your journey? Uh, happy to do so. So some of this starts uh, very early, way back when I was, I guess, uh, in my cooling years. I was always attracted to problem solving and math. That led me to a path of engineering. It turned out that in my engineering class, I was the only female for uh, for a few weeks at least. While that was an intimidating experience, it kind of was foundational in terms of how I approached a problem where where I was the only woman in, in, in a room, for example, and something that I go back to very often in, in my uh, current day, as you can imagine. You know, just, uh, you know, for the engineering itself, the experience was was excellent because it, it helped me break down a problem into smaller uh, smaller sub-problems, if you will, solve them, put them back together. That skill is something that I've, I've leveraged throughout my entire career. The next big highlight, if you will, is uh, when I started my job at, at a company right out of college in India. Through that company, I, I ended up coming to the United States for a role which was basically project management for a larger group. So I went from solving let's say problems at an individual contributor level and then moving to moving to stay being accountable for a larger team and and in a location that I didn't grow up in so it was it was almost a combination of several challenges that that were put together but it was it was exciting it was I was learning every day I was making mistakes and learning every day for sure the next I'd say the next uh, defining moment was when I switched my roles to work for uh, in 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 uh, the earlier part of my career for a platform product company and this is where i, I truly got a sense of uh, understanding what it meant to build a platform and to build products and understand what the customer perspective was and that was very valuable again something that i go back to even today and then the next big highlight was akamai and and the various roles at akamai so in you know, a several defining moments uh, moments that i keep going back to for inspiration if you will 
yeah, I can see kind of how that's how that shaped your journey and your role today. And as you said, Akamai was next on the list. And you've actually been at Akamai for nearly 15 years. So I'd love to hear about your journey, kind of where you started in the organisation, what's brought you up to where you are now? You know, every time I hear things like 15 years, it feels like, wow, <laughs> that almost feels like a very, very long time. And, and uh, to be honest with you, uh, when you think back, it's 15 years. It feels like, wow, that that's that's a long time for a job. But uh, uh, candidly, I think it was more like seven or eight jobs in this in this last 15 years. So that's one, I guess, uh, one overarching comment I will t- I will t- uh, tell you about being a, at a place like Akamai. At Akamai, we've pretty much seen how the internet at large has evolved. So it's just been very exciting to have almost like the ringside view of of that and being part of that, uh, let's say, the, the growth and evolution. With regards to my own career, I started at Akamai as a staff engineer. The first couple of years were mostly focused on learning as much as I could in various roles. So in Akamai, you know, One of the major transformations was when we started the security business, which started out as, you know, largely a skunkworks project with myself and another uh, couple of folks. And where we were trying to solve a point problem for a customer who was coming to us for help. Fast forward that to where where we created a security business which was focused on solving application security problems for our customers. And we are now the market leader in that sector and a couple of adjacent sectors. And our focus has always been to solve exactly the security challenges for what our customers face for securing their applications. And keeping that laser focus, we've been able to to create an ecosystem of products that our customers frankly rely to protect their highest value assets. So very exciting 15 years for sure. Definitely. And I'd love to ask, forgive me, this is a bit of a two-part question, but, you know, clearly a company does something to inspire loyalty of 15 years. And it also does something to be able to achieve that sort of market leadership in multiple categories. So what do you think it is about Akamai that, you know, leads it to the success? So I'll, I'll start with the first one. Akamai is a great environment for for creative thinking and for problem solving and staying very focused on customers. And uh, there is an amazing customer focus from the CEO down where we are constantly, almost everything that we are, we are doing, we are asking ourselves the question of, are we helping our customer? Uh, how... Are we solving the right problem for them? What is a customer trying to accomplish that we can be part of that journey? So there is a very strong work ethic along those lines. Now, with regards to what helps us and how uh, we are differentiated, I think there are several capabilities. Uh, The first one is we have what is arguably the edge platform across the world. So our customers are able to leverage edge platform to both accelerate their content, secure their content, and action any intelligence that they derive. Now, from this edge and the scale that we have across the globe, we have unparalleled visibility. In in What it really means is that we are able to see more activity across the, across the internet than arguably anyone else. And from that visibility, that's where the human intelligence and the machine learning that we have put in place comes into effect. Because we see so much data and because our 
engineering and product leaders are maniacally focused on solving our customer problems we are able to derive that intelligence apply that at the edge and that makes us almost an invincible combination for for edge security for sure what is it about akamai's particular sort of security makeup and technologies that is helping their customers remain secure and achieve success so great question darcy and uh, almost i'd say it's a multi-pronged answer it all starts with best of portfolio strategy we want to address multiple pillars along the in customer journey basically infrastructure api in browser automated attacks credential abuse etc and then comes our intelligent edge which gives us a unique vantage point of across the dns network requests tls browser mobile etc then we apply the breadth and and depth of visibility with brands that are well known across the globe on top of all of this is a winning formula for of unique intelligence paired with depth per customer and breadth across customers that helps us sort of make those centralized decisions but real time actioning across each of our customers So moving on to sort of the challenges that you're helping solve at Akamai and in your role, are there kind of any major trends or challenges that you're seeing at the moment that security leaders are facing across the board? So I think the the major trend that I will say security leaders from our customers perspective that they are they're seeing is that this is a race in many cases are the security focused leaders will need to stay ahead of the malicious actors in many cases it's almost an asymmetric warfare organizations and our customers will need to do a lot of things to think through exactly what their attack surfaces are what makes the attack surfaces vulnerable how to bolster almost every part of that uh, that value chain how to make sure that their interfaces are secure it's something that they have to incorporate security early on in their life cycle in their product development life cycle and constantly keep that above keep that as a concern as they're developing and evolving their product and posture the other aspect of this is that security leaders will need to acknowledge that there is increasing sophistication in the attacker tools so the attackers are no longer the stereotypical one off actors they they are sophisticated they are motivated and they are constantly learning and and improving their skills so organizations are better off assuming that and and developing more systemic more comprehensive solutions and uh, and taking advantage of capabilities of players like akamai to improve their holistic security posture definitely and obviously i know all businesses have faced the challenge over the past couple of years of the impact that covid has had on their workforce being distributed opening up kind of you know different vulnerabilities within their security system what are the lessons that we can take from the course of the past few years and how are you applying it for your own team as well as your clients So this is a multidimensional question. We've seen increased traffic and attacks during the pandemic. Literally something like 50% increase in the distributed denial of service attacks, 100% in web application uh, firewall attacks, which tells us that the attackers have been very very busy in the pandemic as well. 
we've also seen that the digital first and digital transformations have made the attack surfaces much more porous and and frankly increase the attack surfaces for 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 organizations this does not mean that there is something that you reverse in terms of digital transformation for organizations this means that you again to to the previous point get much more sophisticated much get much more deliberate in your security posture and leverage as many visibility and enforcement tools as possible the other thing that we we need to make sure is that during the pandemic what we've seen is we need to constantly be ready, be ready for unanticipated growth both in terms of scale and attacks and then we need to also be ready to change as an organization we've also seen that work life balance has improved during the pandemic with with remote work etc in fact i've seen productivity you know shoot through the roof over the last 18 plus months where where we've seen our employees much being able to focus despite let's say the distractions of staying remote and and balancing different responsibilities and honestly the key to success here has been trust and offering flexibility and and compassion to to work life balance so that's what i'd recommend for organizations again security needs to be an everyday aspect of every organization's planning flexibility to how you allow your employees to adapt to something like the pandemic is key for success absolutely you know when it comes to organizations and particularly it and it security leaders what do you recommend to them when it comes to building the case for cybersecurity and emphasizing the importance of it to the board level and beyond it's not hard to imagine what kind of threats exist i think first and foremost leaders should make themselves to to keep make sure that they are informed of let's say the different attack surfaces different exposures that are that are happening almost every day across the globe so awareness is key second thing is awareness of your own infrastructure is key so it all starts with discovery of hey these are the assets that we have that are facing the internet and these are the assets that are are our most valuable and this is this is what is possible so apply what you're hearing elsewhere to your organization and map out the uh, the a, a picture of what is possible from there onward prepare almost a comprehensive strategy of how would you recommend your organization protect themselves and make that case with urgency to your leaders and and i'm sure uh, this will help put the leaders see the see the challenge of not following through and also see the uh, see the attack surface in detail so so they understand that this is not a once and done kind of an answer here that you know again security has to be stay top of mind absolutely and you mentioned the although you've seen kind of attacks increase dramatically over the 18 months of covid restrictions you know as you mentioned security needs to be an always on thing but what does the current risk landscape look like looks uh, looks extremely i'd say porous and active and constantly evolving <laughs> and no real I, i i don't know if there is any surface that you can say is completely safe so in many ways you have to have that red teaming hat on within your teams to say what else are we exposed to information awareness is key 
and looking for partners like Akamai that can help you both discover your own vulnerabilities and also help you protect in, in sophisticated ways is the other part of the solution. Definitely. And how can organizations sort of not only anticipate attacks, but also recognize when there are attacks evolving? So first thing is to take very good stock of what is average business health. In other words, what are you expecting in terms of an average average day's activity, for example? Being aware of, do you have a marketing campaign in place? And maybe that's driving up usage. If not, maybe there is an attack. Again, understanding your your high value assets and making sure that those are well protected and understanding what a compromise may look like. You know, for example, if you're compromised, are you seeing increased usage of, let's say, one of your endpoints that is that is protecting or that is accessing a high value asset? So again, it starts from understanding your own high value assets, understanding what the ecosystem around that looks like and monitoring that very actively to see if you're being targeted. This is no doubt very complex and very hard, but that's where the energy needs to go because the last thing any organization wants to do is be a target that is talked about in in the news, I'm sure. So just being just owning that script of what you are, what your services are, and then taking the help of services out there that can map out sort of your inside out landscape and then leveraging as much help as you can get to create that those both defenses around the perimeter and within the organization to make sure that you're segregating, you're segmenting your applications, you're segmenting what needs to be protected versus what can access versus what cannot. And then using more, let's say, almost comprehensive platform solutions. That way, then you are able to, to orchestrate those with with centralized teams, obviously with extended support, etc. I'm wondering what you think sort of the, the understanding and awareness level is um, of kind of cybersecurity and of the cyber threat landscape in businesses at the moment. I, you know, I think there, of course, is increasing awareness. You know, we've seen some really high profile attacks over the past few years um, that have gained a lot of notoriety. But do you think the sort of education and awareness level is where it needs to be? in the wider business landscape? I'd say, you know, in comparison to the last, let's say, if you asked me this question two years ago, I would say there is a very little awareness. I think we've we've come a long way in the last couple of years where the awareness has, has definitely increased. Increasingly, everyone in the organization, not just the leadership team or the security organizations are talking about it. There is also a conscious drive to shift security closer to the application development process so closer to where where in some ways the entire application story starts so so the awareness is improving and rightfully so but nowhere close to where it needs to be there is a lot more work to be done so the security teams have that responsibility of driving up the awareness and largely i'd say this should be shared by the whole organization and that should be the focus of lead business leadership across the board. And how would you suggest, you know, maybe kind of have a, a top few tips for the, the C-suite and business leaders to enhance this awareness and increase their protection? 
make it in uh, part of your top three for the business. You know, regardless of what kind of business you are in, make this the top three, uh, part of the top three. So that way the organization knows that this is a priority at large. And uh, almost everybody has that security first mindset, regardless of what business you are in. Uh, do not view security as an afterthought. You know, incorporate that early into your cycle, life cycles. That way then you are you are repairing less and preparing more. Aparna, do you think, are there any particular industries who are either sort of further ahead in the cybersecurity journey or any that we're more concerned about that seem more at risk? So I'd say because this problem has been focused it's it's a it's a question of maturity because uh, largely the financial industry has been a target of security attacks for for a while now there is more maturity and awareness in that sector and so obviously those organizations are ahead in their security game if you will but now you see that increasing awareness in in rest of the industry as well and in terms of attack surfaces, I'd say anything that's valuable, anything that organizations consider valuable, be it commerce, be it retail, be it gaming, almost all areas of, of all industries are equally at risk now. So it's a maturation model. Some are uh, racing ahead based on, let's say, if, they, if there was an attack in a particular se- on a particular sector, there is more awareness in that industry. So I'd say the rest of the industry is catching up. Good news uh, for everyone there, I think, as as we do play catch up. Um, I'd love to get into a little bit more about you and your personal journey, Aparna. You mentioned at the start there that you were the only woman in your class for a while. You are a woman who's been in tech leadership for a couple of decades now. So can you tell us a little bit more about your sort of experience as a woman in tech? And I'd love to hear a bit more about your work with the Women's Forum. So I'd love to share. This is a topic very, very close to my heart. So as a woman in tech, I think I often say this. It's only when someone else points out that you're a woman in tech is when I'm made. I'm personally aware <laughs> yeah. of, oh, wow, I'm, I'm a woman in tech. But it is such an important part of of our own identity and, and how others identify you. Often it is reasoned for, let's say, stereotyping, you know, based on uh, stereotypes that are prevalent. There is obviously a journey constantly to change the the perception. And uh, some of those challenges you may not be obviously aware of. So when you go into a room, you're not expecting to be treated as woman in the room. You're expecting to be treated as a leader in the room or an engineer in the room. So I think for me, what has what has always worked is acknowledging that it's going to be there is one more dimension that I'd have to address. You know, just acknowledging that yes, there is work to be done uh, for for the community at large. But you know, for me today, what I need to make sure is that I I represent being an engineer, being a leader, or whatever the the situation is, the best that I can as the individual that I am. In many ways, accepting that that is part of your identity, accepting that that is part of the challenge and 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 going through with that. With regards to the Women's Forum in Akamai, you know, it's an employee research, research uh, resource group. 
the focus there is to is firstly to attract strong passionate female talent into akamai and then retain and grow the existing female talent within akamai so both provide that support for the women at akamai to thrive and grow and also to help attract it's a very important forum because it helps us create that some almost a safe place to discuss common concerns and strategies that help and also a place where we discuss what are the what are the growth opportunities what 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 are the blind spots that we should each be aware of so i'm very passionate about this topic because as you can imagine you know the the ratio of women in high tech is is abysmally low it's not getting better and the picture actually gets darker when when you look at years of experience at the top of the funnel when when you when you have folks in very early years of employment the ratios are bad but it actually gets worse when you look at more experienced individuals so something needs to be done it's it's almost a journey that every leader must must champion because honestly without the diversity of thought and diversity of experience organizations are not going to make are going to lose out on on that diversity of uh, of experience and thought so it's it's something that needs to stay top of mind unfortunately there is you know there is there is awareness but there is not enough awareness again back to the point about security i think some leaders are extremely conscious about it and akamai is one such organization where we have support right from the leadership level but you know this is this almost becomes a little bit of an afterthought where you say we don't have enough women in the boardroom it starts earlier it starts earlier in the life cycle it starts earlier in how we are encouraging and and so on so obviously a lot more to be done and a lot more to be said Absolutely. And, you know, we were talking earlier about sort of the new approach to a remote and distributed workforce that's come as a result of COVID restrictions and how you've seen productivity increase. And obviously, we've all read a lot of headlines and spoke to a lot of people about their experience of that. And it's been an interesting dynamic, I think, between sort of women being enabled to sort of work a bit more around their home schedule but then at the same time tending to have more of the burden of like household chores and family responsibility that can make it more difficult into that as well so I don't know if you've had any kind of experience of that or feedback on that from either your colleagues or your peers. So absolutely I think in you know it also depends on you know uh, where where in like their life stages women are I've heard from some women on the team who had very young children for example it was very hard because even though both parents were at home the children naturally gravitated to the moms so the women found it harder just to work from home during let's say the hours that their their spouse was or their partner was working as well so there were those kinds of challenges there was also challenges of i am not able to focus so much because my energy is distributed in six different ways because you know now i'm not only just responsible for for keeping work on track i'm also responsible for putting food on the table actively every day etc that we'd heard but there have been very creative ways that most women have adapted where organizations have been able to provide the flexibility of this is what needs to get done you define your schedule you define what works for you i think most women have risen to those challenges and and have adjusted very well where they have negotiated maybe 
sort of the child care duties with with their partners or worked around those so i've i've seen amazing creativity in place so just speaks for if we allow for a more compassionate and a well-rounded perspective of what makes life possible for for women or any employee then they respond equally well by delivering you know above of what your you know, what your regular expectations can be i'd say it's a bit of a give and take you know each leadership team must take the time to understand their employees and the larger concerns and make sure that at the heart of everything there is compassion and there is flexibility that's offered to employees and you'll be rewarded very well Absolutely. Would you say that's an approach you take in your own leadership, Apana? And are there any sort of, you know, kind of key rules that you that you run your leadership by? Absolutely. So I'll be the first one to admit that prior to the pandemic, I was a great believer in going into work and having the face-to-face interaction where it helped. And I've been pleasantly surprised by my own experience that staying remote, for example, does not mean that you're you're out of sight, out of mind. There are cre- creative strategies that you can put in place to create those those uh, forums where you are interacting and you are augmenting, let's say, what feels like the monotony of one video conference to to the other. But and similarly, I've seen that apply to elsewhere to other employees on the team. So this has been the foundational principle for myself and my leaders as well is we we bias ourselves on the flexibility aspect of it. It's less about how, but it's much more about what we are. We want to make sure our teams are goal aligned on where we need to be. They understand why the organization's pushing hard on one initiative versus another, why meeting a certain deadline is important, why, you know, taking seriously a customer-facing issue is important. Once you do that and once you reward the teams at large with that knowledge and that trust for them to solve those problems themselves, again, we've seen our leaders and our employees rise to the challenge, rise to the plate and, and come back with extremely creative solutions that, frankly, I couldn't have thought of myself. So, again, biasing, treating our leaders and employees like the full-rounded human beings and, you know, folks that they are, has been the foundational thing. And from there onwards, listening and, and adapting to what we are hearing has been the other principle that's just paid dividends. Fantastic. Thank you for those insights, Aparna. Um, before we move on to our quick fire round, which we like to use to close off every episode to get to know you a little bit better, just wondered if there are kind of any final thoughts or insights on cybersecurity or, or leadership that you'd like to share with our listeners before we go. I think to a couple of uh, overarching thoughts, there is new technologies new devices, new delivery mechanism, new delivery models coming up almost every week. I'd say the digital transformation is is exploding around us. And what you thought was not possible a few months ago is suddenly here, newer interfaces, newer attack surfaces for the security-focused folks are here. So there's a lot to get adjusted to. Organizations, to the previous point, should make sure they understand their online presence, their presence and and own their security story, you know, much more deliberately. That way, then you're not caught off guard. An overarching principle. The other thing is data privacy laws 
will mean that everybody needs to be on top of their security game. All the outdated and inefficient systems will need to be upgraded and potentially replaced in in short order. So there is a lot more work to be done in that end as well. As individuals, we should always bias to getting to know our people, getting to know our organizations, getting to know our customers closer. So focus more on on listening and and hearing what works and doubling down on what works and constantly refining your strategies. So there isn't the you know, we should bias ourselves again on constant learning and evolution versus expecting that a current structure or a current principle to to last the test of time that's where i would advise is stay on your feet stay uh, stay very close to, with your ear to the ground and react as quickly as you can perfect some great final insights there apana thank you so much for that Moving on to something far more frivolous, I'd love to ask you, what's your favorite guilty technology pleasure? So for some reason, during the pandemic, I've become a little bit of a news junkie. And I'm constantly, you know, (laughs) constantly looking for different sources of news because you want to make sure that you're not hearing opinions and you're hearing facts. So I find myself scrolling way late into the evenings for different sources of news. And once in a while, I'll click on on an article that has very little to do with uh, with what would be previously my core interest, because I'm I'm looking for what's happening across the globe. So that's just been a new thing of late. Oh, nice. It's a very hard thing to get, isn't it? The actual true news with fully unbiased, without opinion. So, so exactly. Like you said, same set of events can have so many different interpretations and it's fascinating. Absolutely. And we're both sat here now at our home desks and I wanted to ask you kind of what is that one desk essential item you can't live without, whether at home, in the office, traveling? You know, this this comes from being slightly more mindful of, again, you know, being taking health or, or taking life online more seriously. I have now a big jug of water uh, next to me. You know, this wasn't always the case. Pre-pandemic, I had to remind myself uh, this, this. Now I have a jug of water and I'm chugging that through the through the day. And because it's right in front of me, I'm doing that more often. So that and uh, now I have a stand, a sit, sit stand desk and I'm using that more often because uh, because, yeah, trying to stay more on my feet. Absolutely. Good health tips there. And finally, do you have a quote or a motto you like to live your life by? I think something around integrity, the the motto that I've always uh, lived by is integrity is what you do when no one's watching. So if you hold yourself true to that and you hold yourself accountable to your role, your responsibility, I think you're able to sleep better and be a better individual. So, so, and that has uh, honestly stood the test of time. I love that. Well, thanks so much, Pana. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Darcy, thank you so much. Thank you for the insightful questions. This was great fun. Thank you. No problem. And thanks to our listeners. If you'd like to hear more around this topic, particularly around cybersecurity, how you can improve protection and education for your organization, we are kind of running some great content with Akamai Technologies on our CEO.digital site. And we've also got some unmissable Chief Wine Officer events coming up in December for both the UK, US and European audiences. So please do check that out and join us. And in the meantime, do give us a little review and subscribe 
subscribe if you enjoyed the show. Thank you.